another Christmas Eve and we want to say thank you. God, we set aside this time to come together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we pray that you would bless the proclamation of this word. May you be glorified. May your people be encouraged. For it's in the marvelous, magnificent, miracle-working name of Jesus, our victorious Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Christmas Eve to everybody, and it is good to see you. It's good to be back. Amen. Amen. I'm so delighted to see uh, some folk that we see almost every year. That is uh, Deacon Wilson's family and Mother Wilson. It's so good to see you, have you back with us in the Wilson family. And to um, our daughter, Delacroix, all the way from Columbia, South Carolina. And our daughter, A. Myers, with us. They were with us in New Orleans for Sister Pickett's graduation, and they'll be with us. Uh, through Sunday, and so we're so excited about that, and it's just good to look out and see our deacons here tonight, amen, representing men of God who hold high the bloodstained banner to you, all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I would like for you to turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. I want to read one of verse, verse 6, which really sets the stage for uh, the verses that Pastor Stevens read in, second, in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. But this verse really sets the stage for that verse. And it really um, just kind of uh, helps to bring into focus uh, what the Christmas season is all about. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, just this one verse, um, verse 6 of Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us. A child is born. That, that, that's what Luke. That's what the Lukean account was talking about. Unto us a child is born. Uh, is born. Unto us a son is given. That word son means son of God, savior of the world. Messiah is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now that, that ought to be enough right there to excite us. Amen. If you came in with any weight on you tonight, right there, that ought to be enough to just lift the weight up. That's what it's all, all about. Amen. Look at those names. Powerful names. I just want to preach for a little while tonight. I ain't going to preach long. I don't usually preach long on Christmas Eve. Amen. But I just want to preach for a little while from the topic, his name. Will you say that with me? His name. Amen. We're here to celebrate his name. That's, that's what Christmas is about. In our yard, we have a sign that reads, Jesus is the reason for the season. And as I heard one young man say this past week, that Jesus really is the reason for every season. But we are focusing on this season, and we want to talk about his name. In our text tonight, we find the words of the prophet Isaiah written several thousand years before the, the birth of Jesus actually occurred in Luke chapter 2. Isaiah, in his dramatic way, verbally unwraps, if you will, the world's first Christmas gift. That's what Isaiah does. Thousands of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah painted that picture and he unwrapped, he unraveled, he took the packaging off, if you will, of the first Christmas gift, and he reveals the very character and the nature of that gift 
through using five descriptive titles to identify Jesus. Are you walking with me tonight? At first, Isaiah says his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, if you were to Google or do a Google search on the Hebrew words for wonderful, you would find these synonyms. You would find incredible. You would find extraordinary. You would find marvelous. You would find splendid, and you would find the word surpassing. But I believe Isaiah would have us to know on this Christmas Eve 2015 that the wonder of Jesus has and always will supersede any human attempts to try to identify his awesome nature through mere words. Because I did that search because I wanted to know what wonderful meant and, and and I just wanted to know, I wanted to get deeper in there. But, but what God revealed to me is that he's all of that and more. He's all of those synonyms and more. He's wonderful. He's extraordinary. He's marvelous. He's splendid. He's surpassing. He's incredible. But he's far more than all of that. Matter of fact, with all of our words, with all of the words we know, his wonderfulness, his awesome nature supersedes any attempt at trying to describe him with mere words. So to say that he's wonderful is to say that Jesus, the babe of Bethlehem, the savior of the world, is all of that and more that we can't put into words. Now, just think about how wonderful he's been to you. This past year, yeah, each of us have our stories, each of us have our journeys, but we can't put into words how wonderful God has been to us. Think about how wonderful he's been to us this past year. Think about how wonderful he is being to you right now. As you sit in this sanctuary with, with family and friends, as you anticipate going home and many of you finishing cooking and spending time with family, as you anticipate all of that, you must say that he's wonderful. And when you think about how wonderful your future will be as you walk hand in hand with Jesus, you can't help but say he's more than all of that. Our future because of Jesus looks bright. But second, Isaiah says, his name shall be called Counselor. Imagine having Jesus as your personal counselor. One, get this now, who is always available. Sometimes pastors aren't available. Sometimes family members aren't available. Sometimes friends aren't Available. Sometimes paid professional counselors and Christian psychologists aren't available, but Jesus is your personal counselor. He's always available. He's available seven days a week. He's available 24 hours a day. And the other thing about it is he's never too busy. Songwriter said just call him up. Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. He's never too busy. Sometimes folks are too busy. You ever tried to talk to somebody and you're trying to talk to them and their eyes are wondering and they're thinking about other things, but, but not Jesus. 
He's never too busy to counsel you. He's never too tired to counsel us. How many times have our, our phones rung and, and the person on the other end of the line needed for us to be there and yet we were too tired? He's never preoccupied with the events of this chaotic, confusing, and crumbling world to counsel us. But, but I found something else in this text. Not only is he always available to counsel, he's able to counsel us. You know, some folk want to get all up in your business, but they ain't able to counsel. You ever run of folk like that? They ain't able to counsel. They, they want to counsel, but they, they're not equipped to counsel. They're not able, but Jesus is always able to counsel you and to counsel me. Listen, listen, listen. There is no problem he can't handle. Amen. Am I right about it? There is no stress he can't handle. There is nobody he can't handle. Jesus is able to deal with any and every challenge that comes into our lives. Listen, he can handle, he can handle spiritual problems. He can handle physical problems. He can handle mental and emotional problems. He can handle family problems. He can handle financial problems. In other words, there isn't a problem that Jesus cannot handle. We used to sing a song back at Jehovah Missionary Baptist Church in Columbia, South Carolina. We sang, whatever you need, God's got it. What that says to me as a a young Christian is that whatever I face, God is able to handle it. Whatever trials come my way, God is able to handle it. Whatever difficulties come my way, God is able to handle it. Some stuff is too much for us to handle. Some problems are too much for us to handle. But Jesus, according to Isaiah, is a counselor. He can handle every problem that comes our way. Even the most complex thing. That confuses and baffles the man, mind of man, Jesus can handle. But then third, Isaiah says, his name shall be called Mighty God. We need to understand and we need to fully comprehend the fact that we serve a Savior who is mighty and has all power in his hands. Folk have some power, but... The Lord has all power in his hand. And when we get to understand that and believe that, life is so much better. We don't serve a a wimpy God. We don't serve a weak God. We serve a God who has all power. That ought to excite us. With all the stuff that's going on in the world, that ought to excite us that our God's got it. Makes no difference what happens in Washington. God's got it. Makes no difference what happens in our personal lives. God's got every, everything under his sovereign control. Is there anybody here? You know God's got you. You facing a trial, but God's got you. You facing uncertainties, but God's got you. Why? Because 
He's a mighty God. Isaiah said, tell him he's a mighty God. Oh, mighty God, all power. Oh, Isaiah says at the beginning of verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Oh, boy, when I worked with this thing, I, I, I saw something here that I want to point out to you. Notice, Isaiah is not just talking about the United States government. Sometimes we can get tunnel vision because of where we live. But he's not just talking about the United States government. He's not talking about the government only of China and Japan and Germany and Afghanistan and Iraq. But, but he's saying that he has the entire governing affairs of the whole world. They are subject to his rule. Help me somebody. And his authority. Isaiah says that the government is subject to his rule and his authority. Human beings, many of them now live under the intense delusions of grandeur that have deceived them into thinking that they are really running things. All right, all right, all right, let me put it this way. I don't usually get political, but there are some folk who running for office talk like they are running. Help me somebody. Everything. Because they have money and because they have power, but Isaiah stopped by to remind us that they are suffering under, help me somebody, delusions of grandeur, and in reality, they aren't running anything because whatever God says will be. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Oh, oh, oh. Well, let me give a few examples. Just like Pharaoh thought he was running Egypt. God said to Moses, now you go down there and you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. But since he felt like he was running Egypt, he was in control. And then God turned up the heat a little bit, and then he, he turned the fire down a little bit, and, and, and Pharaoh changed his mind and got foolish, and because he thought he was running everything, he died with that same foolish thought on his mind. Oh, like Nebuchadnezzar, who thought he was running. He thought he was running. <laughs> He thought he was running Babylon. All of those who don't obey my will, I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to put them in a lion's den. I want you to put them in a fiery furnace. But oh God showed him that you ain't running nothing. God is in charge. Oh, like Herod. Who, who, who thought he was really running Rome. 
Well, act like these people, men and women throughout history have fooled themselves into thinking that they were running things. And they have allowed other people to fool them into thinking that they were ultimately in charge of the affairs of the world. But Isaiah has news for them. And Isaiah reminds us on this Christmas Eve that Jesus born in Bethlehem laid in a manger because there was no room in the end for him. This same Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. And it, although it may not look like it sometime, Isaiah wants us to be reminded on this Christmas Eve before you open up one gift that Jesus, help me somebody, is still in charge. Holly, if you hear me, say yeah. Yeah, Christmas serves as a monumental reminder that Jesus is our all-powerful Savior, don't miss this now, who opens doors that no one is capable of closing and who closes doors that no one is capable of opening. Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, fights our battles, provides for our needs, picks us up when we're down, carries us through, brings us out, makes a way out of nowhere, specializes in things that seem to be impossible. Why? Because Jesus is really running stuff. Oh, yeah. God want me to tell you, on your job, he's really running stuff. In your home, he's really running stuff. In your classroom, he's really running stuff. It might not look like it sometimes, but God is still running things. Fourth, Isaiah says his name will be called Everlasting Father. Here, Isaiah talks about the permanency of God. And because of the, our relationship with Jesus, his son, we have permanent, everlasting existence. John 3.16 states the matter like this. For God so loved the world. That's what Christmas is all about. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What he's talking about is the greatest gift ever given. Christmas is a special time of year to rejoice and celebrate that we have an everlasting father in Jesus who grants everlasting life to everybody who trusts in him. Yeah, Christmas reminds us that we have everlasting life because we have trusted in him. Fifth and finally tonight, Isaiah says his name shall be called Prince of Peace. Oh, yeah. We live in a world where people, I don't know if you've noted or not, are, 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 are frantic. People are anxious. People are uptight. People are uneasy. People are worried. But people have no peace because they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the prince, who is the prince of peace. Listen, 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 as I prepare to close. While money has its function, money can't buy peace. Oh, uh, yeah, you listening to me tonight? Isaiah will remind us why education certainly has its place. Education cannot produce peace. 
while power and prominence and prestige all have their place, they cannot produce peace. While the government, the military, and the right to bear arms have their place, they cannot produce peace. In other words, you need to tell your neighbors and you need to tell your friends and you need to tell folk that don't have no know Jesus that no matter how many guns they buy, no matter how many weapons they produce, they will never have lasting peace because peace, real peace. Peace, lasting peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding can only be found in Jesus. So this Christmas, with all the gifts we give and with all the gifts we receive, may you know his name. May you rejoice in his name. May you be called by his name. What's his name? His name is wonderful. His name is counselor. His name is mighty God. His name is everlasting father. His name is prince of peace. His name is Jesus. Yes, sir. His name is Jesus. Can you holler that? His name is Jesus. He's the light of the world. The hymn writer said, Hawk, the herald angels sing. Jesus, the light of the world. He said, Glory. Somebody say glory, glory to the newborn king, Jesus, not my money, Jesus, not my title, Jesus, not my education, Jesus, if the light of the world, say yeah, 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 yeah. Ain't he all right in God all?